Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Mean Old Lion Media presents Pregnancy Pearls. Meet Dr. Nicole Plenty, a double board certified OBGYN and high risk pregnancy expert. She's brilliant, well researched, and feisty. Growing tired of seeing complications of pregnancy that could have been prevented, she wanted a way to empower women through knowledge because, as she says, all doctors aren't created equal. This quest to educate women birthed this podcast, Pregnancy Pearls, with Dr. Plenty. Thanks for listening to Pregnancy Pearls with me, Dr. Nicole Plenty. Today, we're going to talk about cholestasis of pregnancy, the condition that affects liver and causes severe itching in pregnancy. Intrahepatic cholestasis of pregnancy, commonly known as cholestasis of pregnancy, is a liver condition that occurs late in pregnancy. The condition triggers intense itching, but without a rash. Itching usually occurs on your hands and on your feet, but can also affect other parts of your body, but less commonly. Symptoms of cholestasis tend to start in the second or third trimester. These symptoms include itching as the main symptom that you may have, but some people also get yelling of their eyes, skin, and mucous membranes. So if you uh, look in your mouth, it could be a little bit yellow tinge. Your vagina could also be a little bit yellow tinge if you're looking down there too. Some patients also have uh, light-colored stools because of the bile that builds up in the stool that's yellowish. This yellowing is called jaundice when it's in your eyes, on your skin. Um, and some people may look at you, your husband may look at you and say, you look a little pale today. Or your eyes, instead of the white around, uh, white inside of your eyes, it could have a little bit yellow tinged. If you ever have that, even if you're not pregnant, you should get checked out because there's usually a reason that your eyes and your skin are yellow, and that's usually something dealing with the liver. Um, so jaundice usually always comes from um, congestion or blockage um, of the liver in and out of pregnancy. But cholestasis happens during the pregnancy. So what causes cholestasis? Um, some people may be thinking like, why do some people get it and some people don't? Um, we actually have no idea what causes it. We don't know. But we do know that the disease is caused by a buildup of bowel acids. Bowel acids are stored in the gallbladder and they are released to break down fats you consume. Basically, everything you eat has some type of fat in it. Um, so you need your um, gallbladder. And so when people don't have a gallbladder, um, they still can release bowel acids because it's made by the liver. But they tend to have looser or runnier stools because they're not going to be able to break down fats um, as much. For patients with cholestasis, these bile acids build up in the liver and spill over into the bloodstream. The hormones in pregnancy affect how these bile acids are released. So this is likely why this can occur in pregnancies um, and we don't hear about this outside of pregnancy. So it's extremely important that if you start getting severe itching, that you get this checked out because cholestasis of pregnancy can have some pretty dire consequences. 
If you have symptoms, your provider will order a bile acid panel on you. If your total bile acids are greater than 10, then that is considered diagnostic. Anything less than 10 is not diagnostic. Patients with cholestasis of pregnancy can have an increased risk of stillbirth because of this accumulation of bile acids, um, and those can cross the placenta. Therefore, when cholestasis is diagnosed, close fetal monitoring should ensue. Regardless of gestational age, you should have testing started. This means that you should be monitored twice a week to make sure that your baby is showing signs of well-being. And so that monitoring would look like either a biophysical profile, which is an ultrasound to check for the breathing, movement, tone, and fluid around the baby, um, plus a non-stress test, which is when they put you, like they basically lay you back, they put the monitor to monitor your contractions and monitor the baby's heartbeat, and the baby's heartbeat should be between 120 and 160, and we shouldn't see any what's called decelerations or drops in the baby's heartbeat. Um, you should have the NST at least once a week. Some people would actually agree with having twice weekly NSTs as opposed to the biophysical profile because we're making decisions based on the non-stress test. We're trying to see if we can predict if a baby is, is going to have some type of compromise. And so that's why we really do need the monitoring with the NST at least once a week as opposed to two biophysical profiles. With cholestasis and high bile acids, even with reassuring testing, there is still a risk of unexplained stillbirth. I know that's disheartening because we can't, it's not like growth restriction where we can sort of predict when a baby is, is going to do really poorly. Um, we can't do that with cholestasis, which is so frustrating as a physician. Um, therefore, if you have the diagnosis, you should be delivered a little bit earlier. I, I, I do not gamble. So the guidelines say with cholestasis, if we, we get you to 37 weeks, we should be pulling out. You should be delivered by 38 weeks, so two weeks early if you have cholestasis of pregnancy because we know that there's still that risk of unexplained stillbirth. And since bioessence take about a week to come back, even if we're repeating it, we don't want to wait to see if your bioessence are going up or going down. You should just be delivered once the diagnosis is made at 37 to 38 weeks. If your bile acids are greater than 40, or if your testing isn't perfect, if there's decelerations on your testing, then you need to be delivered even before 37 weeks because we know there's an increased risk of stillbirth. That's the whole reason we're monitoring you. I had a patient that had cholestasis, and we had decelerations on the non-stress test. So the baby's heart rate kept dropping. And overall, the tracing actually looked pretty good, but she had two little decelerations and she was 35 weeks. And I said, oh, we need to be delivered because the tracing isn't perfect. And she said, oh, Dr. Plenty, why? I mean, I just don't understand. You know, my baby, I, I just want to get to full term. You have got to be delivered if you have anything on the tracing. That's why we monitor you. And when people are, you know, upset that they have to be delivered, but they have a reason for us to monitor them. It's almost as if you want us to monitor you closely to prevent a stillbirth. But then when we say we need to deliver you early, then it's a problem or you're confused. So I want to make sure you're not confused um, this time because cholestasis is really not anything to play about. 
um, you got to get delivered if you start having D cells because you can go from a really active baby to all of a sudden a stillbirth two hours later. Cholestasis is just that. It's very un unpredictable stillbirth. So if we have any clues that we can see to deliver you, we should deliver you. Okay. If you deliver before 37 weeks, obviously you'll be put in the hospital first. We'll give you what's called steroids to help accelerate lung maturity so that your baby, um, if your baby's going to the NICU, that could decrease the time a baby has to stay in the NICU. But either way, you need to be delivered earlier. Okay. Um, now, don't automatically jump to cholestasis every time you get an itch during pregnancy because that's not what I'm saying. There are several other reasons for itching in pregnancy that are far more common than cholestasis. The most common thing is just dry skin. So changes in your hormone can cause your skin just to be dry, right? You have a whole bunch of estrogen and progesterone. You're going to have dry skin. And guess what? Dry skin itches, right? Stretching of skin. So if you have stretch marks, yep, stretch marks come when your skin stretches. You can have itching over those areas of stretch mark. My favorite, pup, and pup has three P's on the end, or P-U-P-P-P, pruritic urticarial papules and plaques of pregnancy is what pup stands for. And now you know why we say pups instead of saying puretic urticarial papules and, and plaques of pregnancy, because it's hard to say. But this is a condition that causes a purplish rash on the abdomen, usually in the location of the stretch marks, accompanied by itching. This is harmless. It's, uh, it's annoying because you have an itchy belly, but it's harmless. And then you have purego, which is another rash that looks like a crusty, itchy, bumpy rash that's on your arms, legs, and abdomen. It can occur at any during any trimester, and it, it's also harmless. So occasionally itching is normal, normal, and most of the time it's pretty harmless. But if you end up having severe itching or you have, um, you know, jaundice, you always should get that checked out. Like, there's no harm in letting your OBGYN draw some laughs to make sure that your total bile acids aren't just through the roof um, and that you don't have cholestasis. Now that we've talked through the facts of cholestasis, let's go through some cases that deal with cholestasis. Medical intern. Our first case is a 27-year-old woman who is 34 weeks pregnant with her first child. She was diagnosed two weeks ago with cholestasis of pregnancy after presenting with severe uncontrollable itching. Her bile acid were 31 at diagnosis. Her OBGYN prescribed a medicine for itching but she really doesn't want to take any medication in pregnancy. Is there anything that she can do to stop the itching? I know a lot of patients that don't want to take any medicines in pregnancy. Even if I tell them, hey, if you have a headache, take Tylenol because we need to make sure that um, your headache goes away. If your headache doesn't go away, that could be a sign of preeclampsia. I tell that to people that have chronic hypertension. Literally, it just rolls off my tongue. And I still have patients that come back in and say, Oh, I didn't take Tylenol because the headache wasn't that bad. <laughs> no, if you have chronic hypertension and you have a headache, I need you to take Tylenol. I don't need you to sit with a headache for a week until you see me the next time because that could be a symptom of preeclampsia and you could have a headache and then uh, if it doesn't go away, persistent headache could be a sign of preeclampsia that's worsening. You could seize. You could seize, you could aspirate, you could lose your baby. So same thing here with, with this medication. 
There's not a lot that we tell you to take in pregnancy. Ursodiol, if you have cholestasis, is only going to help. That Your itching is severe because your total bowel acids are severe. Ursodiol binds your free bowel acids. It binds bowel salts. We need them bound so that you can get them out of your system. So in addition to helping with itching, it actually helps with the actual bile acids. That can actually help your pregnancy. It can actually help your bile acids from continuing to rise. So please, you need to take the medication. I'm assuming that that's the medication that your OBGYN has prescribed because that is, it could be Ursula or Actigal. Those are the same. Um, but you need to take that in pregnancy if you have cholestasis. Like there's no way to get around that medicine. Um, you should take it. And the other things you can do, obviously you can take Benadryl, which is an antihistamine or any antihistamine, hydroxyzine, Benadryl, um, Zyrtec, like those antihistamines to try to um, help with the symptoms of itching, but those don't um, block or bind bile acids. And um, you can also use, you know, things to keep your skin hydrated, um, eucerin cream um, or any like um, really thick um, moisturizers. Aquaphor is really good as well. Um, oatmeal baths, uh, you can take that actually um, helps uh, calm the skin. Um, a lot of people use um, oatmeal in their lotions as well. Um, those things help calm the skin. So anything that helps calm the skin can help with symptoms. Um, but uh you definitely need to take the medicines because they're not going to help with your total bile acids that are circulating in your bloodstream. But bloodstream. So I would actually want to make sure, you know, check the prescription. Uh, email me and let me know what the prescription is if it's not Actigal or Ursodile. Um, But yes, those are the things you can do to help with cholestasis. You're 34 weeks. You only have three more weeks to go. So let's make these three weeks a good three weeks. Let's go ahead and take the Ursodile, so, which is the case pearl. Ursodile is actually recommended because it binds bile acids, thus making the circulating levels not so high. So it's really recommended that if you have high bile acids, you should take it. Now, Ursodile is not a cure-all, so it's not going to eliminate the itching. It'll help with it because it's not going to get rid of the bile acids that are already there, but once you produce more, it'll bind those circulating levels. What's our second case? Our second case is a 38-year-old who is pregnant with her second child. She presents with severe itching at 29 weeks. Her OBGYN drew bile acids last week. The values were elevated, but a little less than 10. She had cholestasis with her last pregnancy and feels the same way this pregnancy. She has tried taking Benadryl and taking oatmeal baths with very little relief. She denies having a rash. She presents to see why she is still itching. Well, I mean, you could have a number of other things. Like you don't have a rash, um, which, you know, makes me think either you just have dry skin or maybe stretching of skin could cause you to have some itching. But I would still be very cautious with you because you had a history of cholestasis in your last pregnancy. That does put you at risk for having cholestasis in every subsequent pregnancy. And so if you 
don't have cholestasis yet. I wonder what gestational age you were when you had when you were diagnosed with cholestasis the last pregnancy, because usually you will be diagnosed even earlier with subsequent pregnancies. And at 29 weeks, severe itching, and you have a history of cholestasis, I would start testing you now because I don't gamble, and I err on the side of caution. So I would start testing you now, meaning twice weekly testing to make sure that your baby is doing well. And then you're doing all the right things in terms of like taking an antihistamine, um, using oatmeal baths. Um, make sure you keep your skin very hydrated. That's the only other thing I would add. Um, keep your skin extremely moisturized. And I would recheck your bile acids because for me, you have cholestasis until proven otherwise because you have a history of it. So talk to your OBGYN. Straight up ask, hey, can you just start monitoring my baby? Because your OBGYN knows that you have an increased risk. And if you were seeing me in my clinic, I would definitely recommend that your OB start testing you now and to repeat the bile acids, which is the case pearl. If your symptoms worsen or if they're persistent and you had a history of cholestasis, your bile acids should be rechecked again. And if you had bile acids a week ago, I would wait another week and I would recheck your bile acids to make sure that they're not continuing to go up because just because their bile acids are five right now doesn't mean that by a week later they won't be over 10. So err on the side of caution. You should be monitored very closely in the pregnancy and um, bile acids should be rechecked if your symptoms are persistent despite all of the other things that you're already doing. Do we have any email cases? We do. So this one says, Dear Dr. Plenty, I was diagnosed with cholestasis of pregnancy at 31 weeks. I've been getting ultrasounds once a week and non-stress tests once a week since my diagnosis, and everything has been fine. Initially, when I was diagnosed, I was told that my bile acids were high. I remember the first value was 54. During my MFM consult, I was told that the latest I could carry the pregnancy would be until 37 or 38 weeks. I was started on Ursodial, which helped with my itching. Since my testing is going great, could I just wait for spontaneous labor instead of being delivered in the 37th week? All right. All right, email listener. Listen, no. The answer is no. You cannot wait until you go into spontaneous labor unless... You go into spontaneous labor by 37 to 38 weeks. If you happen to start contracting and dilate before 37, 38 weeks, then yeah, that would be considered you going into spontaneous labor. But most people don't go into spontaneous labor by 37 weeks. Most people go into spontaneous labor around 39 to 40 weeks. So the answer is no. And I don't know, um, you know, how your OB has said it, but I'm going to say it like this. Listen. Do not do anything crazy like try to skip your appointments or refuse to be delivered because the reason that the recommendation is that you deliver at 37 to 38 weeks is because these bile acids are crossing the placenta and we don't know what they're doing to your baby. We don't know what they're doing to your baby's liver. Your baby has an increased risk of stillbirth after the 38th week. So the game with cholestasis, it is a gamble. It is a gamble. I'm telling you, 
Every week you are still pregnant, your OBGYN is holding their breath. We can't breathe. We can't breathe. Because we know that people with cholestasis have an increased risk of unexplained stillbirth. You have a bile acid level over 54. If you're over 40, if it's over 40, your risk of stillbirth is that much higher. You should actually be delivered at 36 to 37 weeks, to be perfectly honest, because your bile acids are over 40. So stop playing. No, you, you need to be delivered at 37 weeks, 36 to 37 weeks. 37, 38 weeks of those people that have bile acids under 40 that are now asymptomatic and they've made it with completely normal testing. I understand that your testing is normal. You feel your baby moving. You feel good because you're not itching as much because Ursodile has done its job. But it doesn't change your risk because you had a total bile acid level over 40. So you need to be delivered around 37 weeks, sis. No, you cannot await spontaneous labor. I have this conversation like with every cholestasis patient because you're worried about the baby's risk of going in the NICU. I get it. You're like, oh, I don't want anything to happen to my baby. I want to keep my baby in as long as possible because I don't want my baby to spend time in the NICU. The chances of your baby at 37 weeks going to the NICU is extremely low. Okay. And I know we have to tell you for every week a baby is born early, that could be a week in the NICU. Those are for preterm babies. 37 weeks is actually full term. Those babies can walk out of the vagina and go home with you. We're not worried about long-term complications of a 37-weeker. That's full term. My baby was born at 37 weeks. 37 weeks and zero days when I was admitted. I delivered him via C-section at 37 weeks and one day. And he's a boy. And boys don't do well as well as girls. So I don't know what you're having. But I do know that 37 weeks is a good gestational age. And so why gamble after that? Why take that chance knowing that you have an increased risk of stillbirth? So I know I've just gone on a tangent with this, but I really, really want you to understand that every week you go past that 37th week with a total bile acid over 54 is dangerous. We do not want you to have an unexplained stillbirth. So... No. And it doesn't mean that you have to have a C-section. Some people misinterpret the fact that we say, hey, you need to be uh, delivered somewhere around 37 weeks or, you know, 36 to 37 if you have uh, um, severe symptoms or extremely high bioacids, 37 to 38 weeks if you have been diagnosed with cholestasis at any level. And they think they have to have a C-section. That's not true. You can have a vaginal delivery. So you can be induced around that 37th week. It doesn't mean that you have to have a C-section. So if that's something that you were thinking about and if that's why you want to wait to go on spontaneous labor, you can forget that because you don't have to have a C-section. Um, you can be induced, but you do need to be delivered um, at 37 weeks if you have not gone into labor or shown signs of labor by that time. Well, I think that that is all that we have today. Is that correct, my medical intern? That's correct. So thanks so much for listening to Pregnancy Pros Podcast. Go ahead, share the podcast in this episode with your friends and family who are pregnant, planning to get pregnant, or who want or need women's health tips. 
If you or someone you know had a pregnancy complication or unique pregnancy situation, let me know about it. Email me at pregnancypearls at gmail.com to hear your topic or case discussed on one of our podcast episodes. Also, remember to follow me on Instagram at pregnancy underscore pearls and Facebook at pregnancy pearls. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash pregnancy pearls with Dr. Plenty for more quick talks about pregnancy complications. In closing, remember to advocate for yourself. You are your biggest advocate and no one knows what's going on with your body except for you. Thanks for listening. Bye. Pregnancy Pearls is hosted by Dr. Nicole Lee Plenty. Produced by Nicole Plenty and Janine Brunson Johnson. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Find Pregnancy Pearls on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice for diagnosis or treatment of individual medical conditions. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with specific questions regarding a medical condition. Pregnancy Pearls is a mean old lion media production. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.